Welcome to I Want to Tell You One Thing, a podcast for emerging entrepreneurs. Whether you are just starting out, contemplating a change, stepping away from the traditional nine to five, or working so that your side hustle becomes a full-time gig, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Katie, a social media coach and strategist, and more importantly, a fellow entrepreneur. Each week, I sit down with another small business owner and ask them to share one thing they learned in those first tumultuous years. Hopefully, their advice will save you some of those mistakes, sleepless nights, and moments of insecurity. These conversations have certainly inspired me. My hope is that we can learn and grow together. Now, let's dive into this week's one thing. Welcome to episode 25 of I Want to Tell You One Thing. I am shocked that it is already episode 25. Super exciting. And even more exciting is today's episode is going to be a little bit different because today marks the one year anniversary of Rosebud Social, my business. How appropriate, right, that I started this little business on World Social Media Day. So I wanted to take a break from the regular kind of interview content with other small business owners and share a little bit more about me, about my business, about its history, and the lessons I learned in this first year. So let's start off and let me give you a little bit of history about who I am and what Rosebud Social is all about. So I um, started way back in the day with a journalism degree and worked for many years uh, kind of writing about business topics, commercial real estate, really specifically. And I worked that niche for many years as a freelancer, as a full-time journalist and all of that. And at one point I was working as a freelance journalist covering the uh, Midwestern kind of social media, sorry, the Midwestern uh, commercial real estate market. And my boss asked me to be less creative in the content I was submitting. And for me, who is a very, very creative soul, who loves that kind of a thing, that was that was hard. That was really hard to hear. And I realized, okay, I needed to find a creative outlet that would work and kind of fulfill that need in me and not allow it to spill into the content that I was writing for this company. And so I started a fashion kind of lifestyle blog at the time called Modly Chic. It still exists today. It's kind of transformed more into a Midwestern millennial lifestyle than necessarily just fashion. But that's how I got my start. And that was 13 years ago now that I started this blog. And this is when blogging was really new. Um, you know, just a few journalists were sharing their outfit of the day pictures and kind of maybe an occasional recipe or something like that. But it wasn't that the thing that it is now today. And social media wasn't super big either. Yes, Facebook existed. Um, Yes, Twitter existed a little bit, but not too, too many people were super into it. Um, Launched into Twitter at that time as well. And anyway, the blog ended up kind of taking off. And so this fun little hobby I had became a side hustle very quickly, and then it eventually became my full-time job when I realized I made more money in one post for the blog than I made an entire month of freelance reporting. So I kind of did that, and I've been doing now kind of full-time content creation, influencer blogging for about four years or so. would have a couple other side jobs just to make sure ends met every month, 
But for the most part, right, the blog and the Instagram account and all of that of Modley Chic was my full-time gig. And as part of that, I was working with a lot of different small businesses locally in the Chicagoland area where I was based at the time, but then also a lot of small businesses online. And often when I would work with them and we would you know, dialogue back and forth about what they wanted the content to look like or what they were hoping to achieve with the collaboration we were in the midst of, many of them would comment and say like, I wish I knew how to do X, Y, Z on social media, or I wish I knew how to whatever, um, complete a more robust influencer campaign or something like that. And I found myself kind of giving them some free advice and talking it through a little bit more, trying to help them with some strategy. I very quickly realized, wait, I could turn this into a business and I could, on top of my influencer and kind of content creation side of life, I could assist fellow small business owners um, and businesses that are amazing, but just don't have an amazing social media presence and I could help them. And that's how Rosebud Social came to be. The original iteration of it, I was going to call it Stag Marketing, and my dad thought that was the worst name in the world, Um, and he's kind of old school like that. So he was like, do not do that. Change the name. And I toyed with it for about a year and then decided, no, okay, I would change it. And so Rosebud Social is what it came to be. Rosebud is um, from my middle name, which is Rose, uh, and some of my family members, my dad included, call me Rosebud on occasion. So Rosebud Social seemed to work really well. Also, on the blogger side of life, I go by Katie Rose over there. So it was a, it, it meshed well together um, when I started the business. So I decided to like fully launch in to Rosebud Social at the very, very beginning of 2020. I filed, um, you know, for an official business. I started putting all of that together. I hired my wonderful web designer, Heather, to create the Rosebud Social website and the logo and the branding and all of that. She did an amazing job. And then on June 30th, 2020, I launched the website, which is what I consider the official start date of Rosebud Social. And now, a whole year later, here I am, still running Rosebud Social, still doing a little bit of work on the modly chic side of life, but really kind of transitioned fully into this coaching and strategy and social media world and a little bit away from the content creation, although I still love it and I still love the collaborations that I get. So I wanted to share with you guys um, a few more than just one thing. Uh, I actually have seven little points of what I've learned from this first year of owning my business. And I really consider this my second business that I've kind of started and put together. Certainly the blog and the influencer side of life was the first, but it it happened very organically and naturally. And I didn't like set out to do it. It just like one day I woke up and realized like, oh my gosh, this is a business and it's making a ton of money. Um, as opposed to Rosebud Social where I sat down and was like, I am doing this. So number one thing that I would want to tell you For those of you who are starting small businesses, who are in the midst of your entrepreneurial journey, is to stay the course. It takes time. And yes, it takes more time than you think it will, but it is so worth it, especially when things really begin to take off. When I first started, I remember people saying, oh, often people quit just before they make it. And I thought, that's the stupidest phrase. Like, how do you even know that? But I want to share with you kind of a little story of my own journey. So 
Like I said, I launched at the very end of June last year, 2020. Um, made a little bit of money in July, a little bit of money in August, a little bit of money in September, a little bit of money in October, pretty much no money in November or December, just a little bit, not too much. And so by mid-December, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, ha- I got to be able to pay my bills. Like, maybe I need to find a job. And I, I literally, I started looking on LinkedIn. I started kind of not applying necessarily for jobs, but looking and kind of putting feelers out. And every job I would see, I'd be like, oh, I could do this, but like, this isn't what I want to do. And so I wouldn't apply. And then I'd find another job and I'd be like, oh, I could do this. And like, this sounds fun, but like, oh, and I would just have this like sinking feeling in my gut that, yeah, I could do it, but this isn't, this isn't where I really want to be right now. And I was talking to a friend who has owned her own business for about 10 years now. And I was like, I think I'm going to quit. Like I'm not making any money. Like maybe this was dumb. Maybe this was the wrong time because of the pandemic. And she was like, wait, Katie, listen, push, push, push until the end of February. And if at the end of February, you haven't seen any momentum, you're not getting anywhere then maybe it's time to consider a part-time job as you, you know, try and work and get it up and running. But she's like, you need a few more months of really pushing this. And I listened to her and thank God I did because really nothing in December, January, things started to maybe pick up a little bit. And then February is when I hit my stride. And so February, March, April, May, and now June have been amazing months, months in which I haven't had to worry about paying my bills, months in which um, you know, now it's the end of June and I think I'm looking to hire my first employee now by the end of the summer because of the number of contracts and the number of other collaborations and work that I'm doing for clients. And if I would have quit, you know, in November or December when I was feeling so overwhelmed, I would have never gotten to this point. And right. And this point is, is amazing. And it's allowing me to, you know, like yesterday I went and took a three hour hike in the middle of the day, right? To like rest and recharge. And that was a Tuesday, right? So stay the course. That's my number one tip. Stay the course, keep pushing, keep chugging along. Like the only way you fail is if you quit, right? Otherwise there's going to be a way. So that's number one. Number two would be hold off on making your course. And what I mean by that is I feel like very often when we, especially if we're first starting out and we're in the coaching business or the social media business, um, we feel like we need to create a course. We need to make an online course right away, right? Um, I did that. I made the Instagram playbook and I am so proud of the Instagram playbook. It looks amazing. I, it, it does great things. It's exactly what I wanted to create in a course. Like I wouldn't, none of it. I'm like, Oh, I don't love this or, Oh, I want to redo this, but it wasn't the right time to launch. I launched it on Black Friday along with every other person under the sun who apparently had that same idea to launch on Black Friday or to offer deals on Black Friday. And while it's an amazing course, I just didn't have a big enough mailing list, a big enough audience to really justify all the time and effort and money it took to create the course. And so if I had to do it again, I would have probably held off on creating that course until perhaps two years or three years in when I have a bigger mailing list, I have a bigger following and people who are much more excited to get what I have. So we'll see, perhaps that means I relaunch the Instagram playbook or I tweak it in a couple of years and then re um, put it out in the world for people. You can still get it now, the Instagram playbook and you know, people do on occasion jump in and grab it, but I would have held off on the course if I would have known and, and launched it at another time. 
So that's number two. Number three is to work your contacts. I think for me, what I found that's that was the biggest game changer between, you know, the first half of my business year, right? July through December, and now the second half of my business year, January through June. I was trying to do it kind of all, not on my own, but through, you know, my Instagram contacts and through my blog contacts and that kind of a thing who I know, but I'm not super close to. And then in January and February, I was like, okay, I need to start reaching out to people I know work in the industries that I want to work with, or I know who, ha- who know people there and work that. And that has made a huge difference. Almost all of my clients now are people who I either know personally, or I know someone who knows them basically. And that is really, really key. So work those contacts um, that you have, even if it's, you know, second degree contact, you know, you know how on LinkedIn, right? Like, oh, you have two degrees of separation, like work those contacts and take advantage. And as part of that, I think keep making new connections. That's one of the things that I love about this podcast. I want to tell you one thing. It's amazing. I have met so far that you guys have been introduced to 24 other small business owners who are all doing amazing different things. Um, there are several more interviews in the queue lined up for the next several weeks. So, you know, I have met and talked with over 30 different people about the businesses that they own. And those are new connections for me, right? And that's so helpful and so important. And whether anything comes from them or not, it doesn't matter because I am connected with more people. And maybe at some point down the line, they'll connect me with somebody else or I'll be able to connect them with someone who needs their services. So keep making those connections. Keep working your contacts. Number four, focus on your unique strengths and your skill sets. And I think especially when you're first starting out, you have a certain number of skills, you have certain strengths, and you want to really think, okay, how do I specifically tap into that and work those? And then you can broaden your horizons if you want to later on. But sometimes when we start out too broad and we have it narrowed in our you know, focus, narrowed in our audience, really figured out our niche, we end up trying to talk to so many people and we end up talking to no one. And I think this is especially true when you have such a diverse set of interests, which is totally me, right? Like I love craft breweries. So I was like, oh, I could work with craft breweries, but I also love like small fashion boutiques. And I was like, oh, I could work with them. And then I also love all these people who are like trying to make a living with their MLM, right? And and I was like, oh, I could work with them because I know so many people who sell Juice Plus and Monat and all of that. And I was like, oh yeah, I could do this. And I'm interested in all of those fields and I could very easily create content for all of those fields. But I was realizing I was just, it was too broad. It was too broad. I wasn't getting the kind of clients that I wanted because I was like, oh, I could do this craft brewery over here. And then I could like help this makeup seller over here. And then this small women's boutique in Milwaukee over here and all of this kind of stuff. And I realized at least in the beginning, right, for me, my strengths and skill sets are in social media. And then also very clearly like kind of in my Catholic faith. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to combine those and kind of work on those to kind of get up and running and, you know, reach out to various Catholic companies and that kind of thing and say, Hey, like I have the unique skill set to be able to help you with social media. And I also have the faith background to be able to really deliver in a way that is helpful and useful for, for you and for your business. And that when I finally decided that and made that plunge, that opened up so many horizons. And it's not that I only work then with Catholic companies, but for me, it opened up those horizons, kind of opened up those areas 
those possible business dealings, and then also gave me more momentum to start working with others as well. So I have a diverse set of clients, but that's kind of where I started was focusing on that unique strengths and those unique skill sets and really, really diving in, in that sense. So that was number four. Number five, never stop learning. I think this is, I mean, duh, crucial and key. It's funny, every entrepreneur pretty much that I've interviewed for the I Want to Tell You One Thing podcast, all of them could list probably a dozen books or podcasts that they listen to. You know, none of them as I was talking said, oh, like, I don't read books. Like, oh, I don't No, Wait, we're all so interested in continuing to learn and to continuing to grow in the field. Um, So, you know, reading those books, listening to those podcasts, even talking to other people in your field or even talking to people in your niche, maybe they are potential clients and you're just doing a little bit of um, like audience Uh, research and niche research, that can be really, really good too. That's the other thing that I really love about this podcast is it's given me the chance to really just learn so much from the 30 different business owners that I have interviewed. And it has been a game changer for me, hopefully for you listening as well. Like it's huge for you. It's helped you kind of grow your business and learn what to do and, and how to, I don't know, focus in on something or learn to say no or learn how to niche down. Or There's so many different things. Learn how to find your skill set. I mean, I've talked to so many different people, right, on this podcast with so many different tips and tricks and pointers for you. And it's helped me probably more than it's even helped you, the listening audience. So never stop learning, number five. And then number six, is say no to some potential clients. And this is basically say no to those that aren't the right fit for you, right? So you have a niche or you have a focus, you have a goal. And I think it can be really tempting, especially when you first start out in your business to say yes to anyone and anything that comes your way because you need money and because you're kind of desperate to get this business up and running because you really want this to move. And so someone comes to you and they might not be the ideal, but you're like, well, I need the money or well, I mean, maybe this will work out. And I think a couple things, one, knowing like when you get approached by maybe somebody who isn't your ideal client and you have this like initial gut reaction of like, oh, this isn't what I want to be doing or this isn't really a good fit for me. And then you override that with, well, but I need the money or, oh, but I need and to pay attention to that initial, that initial gut reaction, because that often is going to steer you in the right direction. When you find yourself, you know, trying to twist or change or alter kind of what you do or what you provide or, or the way that you serve clients in order to, you know, cater to this person or this client that isn't your ideal, um, it ends up doing kind of more harm than good. And I think it often ends poorly. You know, so I definitely saw this very early on in the first couple months. I took on a couple different clients who I was like, oh, like I couldn't do this. And it's true. Like I could do it, but it wasn't exactly what I was trying to do with Rosebud Social. It wasn't exactly what I wanted. Um, and it really wasn't exactly my niche, but I was like, oh, I could take them on like no problem. And all of them kind of blew up in my face or all of them were this moment in which I was like, oh no, like this isn't, this isn't going to work. Like what I'm providing isn't truly what they need and I can provide them what they need, but they're not even ready for it yet or they're not at that stage. So say no to potential clients that are not really your niche because two, 
By doing that, you are freeing up your time and your mental energy to serve people who are in your niche and who are your ideal clients, right? And when we have filled our day with so many people who are not really our ideal clients, we really are doing ourselves a disservice because we're, ta- we're zapping and sapping kind of all that energy away from us to serve the people who we really want to be helping, we really want to be giving to. Uh, and then seven, be totally you. Um, you know, be you in the way that you work, be you in the way that you sell, the way that you create content, the way that you deal with clients. It can be really tempting. I was thinking this as I was actually scrolling through my Instagram account recently, and I follow obviously a lot of other kind of social media coaches and strategists and all of that kind of stuff. And like, I love it. I love to see what they're all doing. But I think that early on, I would look at all the things that they were doing and then I'd be like, oh, well, I have to do exactly that, right? I have to sell the way that they're selling or I have to create content the way that they're creating content. And, you know, it worked-ish, but it wasn't always me. Or I would like try to give it my spin, but it's a little tricky, right? Or you go to post something and then you're like, "Eh, I don't know. This is why I always tell my clients that you should create before you consume content because often when we consume first, we create content that is us, but not 100%. And so in your business to think, okay, how can I be totally myself, right? In the way that I sell, right? Maybe all the other coaches like you or all the other niches like you um, or businesses in your niche sell, it seems a certain way, right? Maybe they're really aggressive with their sales or maybe they they do a lot of those um, sales pitches that are kind of like guilt focused, right? And kind of like tug at people's heartstrings in that way. And you, maybe that feels smarmy to you or maybe that feels inauthentic. Okay, then you don't have to sell that way. There are other ways that you can sell because just like there are clients out there for that type of person, there are also clients out there for your, for you and your type of person, right? And so really showing up as totally yourself and just like embracing that, launching in, being you and going for it is, is the way to be. And so to really, you know, every time you go to post, every time you go to do something, you'd be like, okay, is this totally me in the way I'm working, the selling creating content, dealing with clients, dealing with whatever that comes our way in the small business world, which is a lot, let's be honest, um, being totally you. So those are my seven tips. I'm going to run over the seven really quick again in case you were taking notes or you wanted to um, dive back. So number one was stay the course. It takes time, but you've got this. Number two is hold off on creating that course until you have a bigger you know, mailing list and a bigger audience. Number three, work your contacts and keep making new connections. Number four, focus on your unique strengths and skill sets. Number five, never stop learning. Number six, say no to those potential clients that are not your ideal customer. And number seven, be totally you. So I hope that's been helpful for you. I hope if you are in your first year or two or six months or whatever and kind of struggling through this entrepreneurial journey, I hope this helps. I hope this podcast has been helping you as well. It has been so much fun to do this and really put it out into the world. You'll see several more episodes in the weeks to come. Then I'm going to take a brief, brief, sorry, month break um, before launching back in with more interviews. Um, 
So you will get more of that as well. And as always, if you want to connect, I would love to connect with you. Slide into my DMs. You can find me on Instagram uh, for my business account. It's just Rosebud Social. You can look me up on the website, rosebudsocial.com. Shoot me an email, katie at rosebudsocial.com. Or even find me on my Instagram influencer account, which is Modly Chic. Um, so love connecting with everyone. Love that this podcast hopefully has brought you value and has helped you on your path. And stay tuned for the weeks to come. All right, that's it for this week. I hope you got at least one thing from today's conversation to guide you on this crazy entrepreneurial journey you're in the midst of. If you liked what you heard, please consider sharing this episode with a fellow small business owner or leaving a review. And last, but certainly not least, let's connect on social. Message me at Rosebud Social on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week.